I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and I have a fantastic guest for you today. We have been chatting it up in the green room. She is one of my favorite human beings. I haven't even known her that long, and yet I feel like we are sisters from another another uh, generation, another time. She's amazing. So I have Sarah Gilbert here. She is a business strategist and mindset coach, but just wait till you meet her because you're going to see she is so, so much more than that. You're listening to The Magnetic Goddess, a podcast for women who are ready to step into their power and live their best lives. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and I'm here to guide and inspire you to take the journey back to your higher self. We'll talk about everything from personal development to career growth to relationships. We'll share tips, tools, and strategies that will help you become the most confident, successful, and magnetic version of yourself. We'll also talk to inspiring women who have already achieved their dreams and are living their best lives. We'll learn from their stories and discover what it takes to create a life that is truly fulfilling. I believe that every woman has the potential to be a magnetic goddess. She has the power to attract anything she wants in life, and she can create her birthright of abundance. I'm here to help you tap into that inner goddess and live your best life. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. Let's start living our best lives together as magnetic goddesses. So welcome, Sarah, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for having me. It's so fun to see each other again. I know. I know. And you are just like living the dream right now. We'll get to that in just a moment. But I always have the same silly question that I ask everybody when they come on the show. And it is... How does somebody go from being in university or, you know, being in school to suddenly going, you know what, I'm going to be a business strategist. I'm going to be a mindset coach. Tell us a little bit about that trajectory. Uh, You know, things that are not planned in life, that's that. So the original plan was to be a kindergarten teacher. Then it was to be a psychologist. Then I ended up working in the finance industry for... 15 years in pretty much every role and capacity because I couldn't get anywhere. I was too creative for like the business part of the, the, the corporations, but I was like too business for the marketing part of the corporation. I just never found my place. So in 2010, I just couldn't do it. I just was dying inside. I was just, there's, there's got to be a better way. You know, there's got to be out of way to way to help people. There's got to be out of way. So I actually started my business as a business consultant in the financial industry, helping advisors with their business practice, their marketing, their positioning and all that jazz, their processes and everything. And that grew, that went well, that grew. And at one point I realized that the strategy is only as good as the, the human behind the strategy. And this is when I went back to the drawing board on my, my education. I went back to the drawing board on my entire business model. And that's where I got my double certification in NLP. And then I got into just neuroscience and just psycholinguistics and whatnot. Because at the end of the day, if the human doesn't, is not in alignment and the human's not at the right place, the strategy is completely right. So what makes me really stand out and where I'm really able to help people is I'm able to combine the doing and the being and putting that together 
to be able to have a strategy and help entrepreneurs deliver a message, execute on their ideas, and really build a business that's in alignment with them, what they want out of life, what they, the difference that they want to make, and not what they're supposed to do or what is expected for them. So yeah, life brings you there. That is so beautiful. Um, and before I have one of my patented sneezing attacks here, let's see if I can get my next question out. So how has your, <coughs> nope. <coughs> how, how has your, you know, given that you, you have this NLP neuroenergetic toolbox, how has your mindset shifted from before you had those tools, understood how that works <coughs> to now? Well, it, it's, it's a completely shift because I was very, like many, 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 I lived in my head, like right there. That's it. My body was used to carry my head. That was it. So I was all about what's an action plan. What's the, this, what's the structure. I was like the queen of Excel. Um, and when you're in, in, when you're in your head, you're actually not at the right place. Because even when people are listening to you, you're solving to, you're listening to solve a problem, but you're not actually listening to what's really going on. So if a client comes and it's like, oh, I have a time management issue. I used to go like, okay, here's how we're going to structure your week. And this is how you're going to delegate. And this is the, the, the priorities and whatnot. Now understand that time management is just emotional management in disguise. So it actually has nothing to do with the management of all your tasks and everything. It's all the human patterns, all the beliefs, all the saboteurs that we have that burn behind it that makes the whole idea of having a planner and things like that obsolete. It's a nice to have now, not a must have. So my conversations are at such a much deeper level because we're not in the doing and it's not about being busy, being busy. It's about, okay, what's, what's at the root of this? And when you're an entrepreneur, your business is the vehicle you use for your life purpose. And we often have those two tangled up. And so it's like, okay, so how do we bring those together? How do we understand your patterns, your beliefs, your saboteurs? What's really like in all the different behavioral and mind patterns that you have? that are preventing you to stepping into your own greatness. And are you listening more here inside or are you listening more outside? And we tend to listen way more outside than what's inside. So reversing the approach to then put strategies in place puts us into alignment, puts us into an inner peace of I know that I don't need to do 15 things because you know what? Only these three are really going to make a difference. How do I make a decision? I make decisions in alignment with my values, the difference I want to make. How do I want to live? What are my rules of the game of life? As opposed to what's expected for me as an entrepreneur. Like I was just talking with, you know, with a client just before our call. And she was talking about, you know, building a business, building another, buying another business. And what I'm like, last Thursday, she spent the morning, and she's got a multi-million dollar business. She spent the morning at her kid's school. I'm like, is that what you want more of, or do you want more clients? 
Because every time you say yes to something, you say no to something else. I'm like, you can make more money later on. That time with your young daughters, it's now. And you saw just an inner peace going, oh, yeah. I always think as an entrepreneur, I'm supposed to be bigger, bigger, bigger. I'm like, let's go greater. And so it's putting the right pieces at the right place that makes the difference. I love that. And, you know, I echo that so much because um, a lot of people talk about dreaming big, right? And mm -hmm. and my motto is dream deep. Like it's about dreaming deeper. It's about really connecting to the inner true desires of your heart and like what you really want. And, you know, every time I say that, I always think of Bob Proctor, right? And he's like, what do you really want? What do you really want? And, and it, but it's true. It's like, we, we tend to think of our desires on a superficial level of like, oh, I just want more money. Money makes me happy. So more money would make me more happy. And like, there's actually this, this point you get to this plateau where money is just money and you can have more of it, but it still feels the same. The energetics of it is the same in your body, right? Like you can make a hundred thousand, you can make 200,000, you can make 500,000. And it's, the actual energetic impulses in your body don't change. And so recognizing that there's other things that you desire, that there are things like, you know, spending more time with your children. And like, I think that's, I think that's so powerful because people just, they get on a track and they think that they have to stay on that track and just, okay, let's keep doing this. Let's keep like, this felt good at this level. So let's just multiply it times however much. And after a while, it's like, okay, the fulfillment is slowly ebbing out of this because we are neglecting all these other things that are what our true desires are. Like you wanted to make lots of money so you could take your family on vacation, spend more time with your children. And then what happens is you make more money and you're making more money and you're making more money and you're making more money and you're forgetting the reasons why you did it. And so I think oh, that yes, that because we, yeah, we, we think literally in a sequence versus exponentially. Right. So, and again, like, yes, you can, you can grow business as big as you want. If it's earning to give, what's the difference you want to make? How do you want to contribute? Because as humans, we have two, two human needs, evolution and contribution. So yes, we always want to evolve and it's a good thing. You know, like we were babies, we started to crawl. We, that wasn't, we started to walk and then we ran and then we took a tricycle. And then so evolution is a part of the human experience and it's the beauty of part of the experience. So we're always going to grow. There's always going to be the next thing, but now can I contribute? So, you know, like a lot of people limit their dreams of saying, oh, you know, like, but I want to spend more time with my kids, and which is perfect. But it doesn't have to be one or the other. Right. I can also grow my business exponentially to give more, to help even more. So the more money I make, the more money I get to give. That is that thinking, get moving away from the or and moving into the end. And, and toward to motivation too, right? Like. Yes moving toward what you desire instead of away from what you don't absolutely you know but we're always in that duality and it's okay 
as long as I'm clear on what am I moving away from and what am I moving towards? Because sometimes the motivation that we tap into is from moving away. And other days, the motivation that we need to tap into is moving towards. So do we gain clarity on that? And coming back to the question, I was like, what do you want? So one of my expertise is really on psycholinguistics, and it's understanding the link between language and human behavior. So the language that we use in our thinking, in our inner chatter, and the language that we use in speaking, and in the language that somebody uses when they're talking. Because when you listen to how somebody talks, the words that they use, the tense of the verbs that they use, um, how they construct their sentences, you know exactly everything that's going on in their belief pattern. Just because that is how we externalize our, our belief patterns is our thinking. So when you ask somebody what do you want, you'll get one or two things. What they don't want and what they've done in the past. And so also often, what they feel is acceptable too, right? Because if you think about it, there's so much self-deprecation in our society because that, at least in our generation, yours and mine, mm -hmm. was was the norm. It was, you didn't talk good about, you didn't talk well about yourself because that was conceded and our parents taught us, like, don't talk about how great you are. No don't, pride. Right, no pride whatsoever. And so now coming in, we're having to relearn all this self-deprecation that we did in order to stay polite which we've now created as our own inner dialogue, which we didn't believe, but now because we're hearing it in our own voice, we're starting to believe it. And that in and of itself is a humongous thing that we're seeing that we have to overwrite with clients and even with ourselves, would you agree? Oh, well, absolutely. Like the question of what's the story that you're telling yourself is a question that I ask all the time. Like, so what's the story are you telling yourself about this? What's the story you're telling yourself about, you know, not being able to, you know, take three weeks off? What's the story that you're telling yourself about, you know, you always have to be on? What's the story that you tell yourself about? And when we start unpacking these, it's really interesting because we see that there are stories that we own. I think I shouldn't. I think I am. Um, there are stories that are shared by our families and societies that we took on. Money doesn't grow on trees, they have to hustle. And there's universal stories that we all share as a humanity. I'm not enough. I'm not safe. I don't matter. So when I start unpacking the inner chatter that I have, then I am able to attach it to which of the stories that are there, then I can do something about it. And it's only when I bring it into awareness that I can actually do something about it. Do I want to believe that? Is that true? What do I want to believe instead? So the, the, the psycholinguistic is such a, like the way that we talk to ourselves, to others, is such a representation of what's deep down hidden that limits us, that we stay in social construct, that we stay in different stories that that we don't even believe in until, like as long as we're not aware that we're, that's the story that we could be repeating ourselves, we're gonna keep repeating it. And that's gonna be the life that we live. So powerful and so true. And, you know, as a, as a fellow NLP um, master practitioner, whatever, you know, person who does NLP, I, I think that, 
this is something that people don't realize about themselves. They don't realize that belief is a choice, that choosing to accept a reality as, you know, as truth is a choice. And, and when you bring in the quantum side of that, you know, and bring manifestation into it, like people can alter their reality. They can, they can alter their entire quantum existence, but it has to start with believing that that's possible. And that initial belief I find is sometimes the hardest one for people. Like people are so tied up in their own, like you said, social constructs that it feels almost like a betrayal to even take the first step toward that belief. Like just to even acknowledge, okay, I'm ready to acknowledge that I have neuro-linguistic patterns that can be changed, right? Or that my ancestors and my parents and my teachers and my coaches created patterns in me that I've now taken on as my own. To be able to even take that initial leap for some people is is terrifying. And well, my favorite word, sorry, to my favorite no. word in the entire universe is curiosity. Can I be curious of what comes out of my mouth and what comes out in my head? Everything that starts with I am, that on a brain perspective is a command. Can I be curious of, I, I often say that, I'm busy. If I keep on saying I'm busy, I'm gonna continue being busy, being busy, because the I am statement is our identity statement. And the brain will always do everything to stay in alignment with the identity that we give ourselves. For example, somebody who says I'm a smoker versus somebody who says I smoke, the person who says I'm a smoker will have a much harder time stopping than the person that it's just a behavior that they have. So what are the I am statements that come out of my mouth? What are the I should, I must, I have to, I need to, I need to. So start being curious about what comes up. And like an exercise that I often bring my clients to, you know, all the limitations and society stories that we've tried to fit in because we think we want to belong but really we're trying to just fit in it's what did you get in trouble when you were a kid everything that was the yeah and that is the essence of who you are and that's so, so true because so many people will say to me you are so hard on yourself like i remember melanie was like stop being so mean to my friend like you, you are too hard on yourself. And yeah, I mean, I, if I wasn't standing still, I probably was getting in trouble. Absolutely. For, for anything, for, for everything. And there's a beauty in that. So if we go deeper in that, it's like, okay, so why did I want to move? Because, you know, you probably wanted to change things. Probably that, you know what? I don't understand why at school we have to sit on a chair for eight hours and like raise our hands when it's okay. You know what? That is part of the essence of who we are. And there's a beauty in that. We got in trouble for it, yet it's our greatest talent. I challenged everything. Like, why do we need to do that? Why does it work like this? And that is what I do today, is I challenge everything. 
Yeah, exact same. I'm the right the left angle cross of defiance. My life is a giant contradiction. I don't put my kids in school. We we don't fill ourselves with chemicals. Um, you know, like everything about our life is so non-conventional because 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 I have that sovereignty to do that. Yeah, absolutely. The further you go in the past, the further you'll see in the future. I like that. Who who are you as a kid? What did you get in trouble for? That is who you are. That is who you're meant to be. I was a very unconventional child of very conventional parents who, who for the first time with all of the ways that they controlled everything in their lives and methodically put things into boxes, suddenly had this entity that didn't want to play by the rules, that was volatile, that made decisions that looked on them in some certain way, right? Like, so what did I call it? Like when my mom would get nervous and she would say like, you know, did you brush your teeth today? Did you do this? And and I call it self-deprecation by proxy. Like she was uncomfortable. And so she, it was actually her that she was doing that about, right? Because I have to be careful what I say because people watch this. <laughs> and and it was her that she felt a certain way. And I was an extension of her to, to kind of pick at, right? And so that's kind of what my internal dialogue is. I'm nervous. Let me, let me find something about myself that I can cut down. Let me find something that isn't good enough in this moment. Let me walk out, out, out of my room and criticize the, the way the house looks because that's how I would cope was by create, I wouldn't do it to my children because I'd been through that and I didn't want to do that. So I use my, my home and my environment as an extension of that. Yeah. And so that's it. So coming back, it's like, okay, so when we're aware of that, I have two choices. Either I stay in the social construct and live a life that sucks, in my opinion, or I can go back to who I really am who I really was before the social construct and design my life and my case business from that space. And that is where alignment that we talk about comes from. Because in sovereignty, self-sovereignty. Well, yes. But again, when I know what I want, right. then I can start challenging everything that I say, believe, or think that I believe, I can look at the different saboteur patterns, behavioral patterns that I have, and every day, what do I want? Who do I want to be? I even have a theme for my life. So my life has a word, and it's called adventure. That's my theme. I love that. So what what is that, and what does it do? It, It gives an anchor for me. So when my fear, my desires, patterns, whatever come, I'm like, okay, hold on. My theme is adventure. If that's going to be your theme, Sarah, go do it. Or if that's going to be your your theme, don't do it. But one thing that I find that we are missing is these anchors to go back to. So when it is crazy out there and their life does life what has what does do and life what has to do, do we have an anchor to go back to? 
And once we develop that, then we become unstoppable. So powerful, Sarah. Oh my goodness. I could talk to you all day and probably, you know, will at some point. Um, let's tell these guys, you know, we gave them a little taste. Let's tell them how can they get a hold of you if they're like, yep, this is my thing. I know Sarah's my person. Where do they go? What do they do? Well, the, the easiest way is definitely my website, sarahgilbert.coach. Um, that's the easiest way while well, you'll learn more about me. <laughs> Sorry, my voice is <clears throat> the Costa Rican air is just, you know, doing this thing. Uh, that's where they can learn about me, the different programs that I have. I have program that actually on mindset, which is all about human behavior. There's one on if you're in a service-based business, which is basically everyone's in a service-based business on psycholinguistic. And there's one that's really on the strategy itself. You can find out more about me and everything in there. And you know what? I'm having a lot of fun on Instagram. LinkedIn used to be my place for like the rational side of it, which it still is. But if you want to know feel both sides of Sarah Gilbert is definitely Instagram has been my fun place the last uh, couple of months. I love that. I know. And, and we didn't even really dig into it. Um, but you are right now doing, doing some, some work playtime in Costa Rica, which is yeah. incredible. That must be so amazing. Is that what they're going to find on your Instagram is kind of your adventures there? There's a lot of uh, Costa Rica adventure uh, from there, uh, in there, and what are the insights that are coming from this adventure. Clearly, oh my goodness. Clearly. We will have to have you come back when you get back to tell us all about it. Let's have a whole, guys, let's have a whole episode of Sarah just sharing on Costa Rica because I think that would be fabulous. So, yeah, it's, Sarah, thank it's, you. An, it's an inner journey. Yes, absolutely. An inner adventure. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much for being here with us today. It has been a sincere pleasure. I told you guys she was awesome. You didn't believe me, but now you now you learn to trust me. Eighty four episodes into this podcast, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a sincere pleasure. Thank you for having me. We'll chat soon for sure. Absolutely, and that'll do it for this episode of the Dream Design Podcast. Until next time, when we have another great guest, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe. And may you be at peace. Namaste. Hey, Dream Builder. Are you loving this stuff? Do you want more? More human design, law of attraction, and manifestation? Then my Designed to Dream membership is for you. You'll get the Dream Design Vault packed with pre-recorded content to help you design and manifest your dreams. A monthly group coaching call with me and a monthly theme and meditations to support you on your journey. Membership is just $47 a month and you can cancel anytime with no hassle. Join us and start designing your dreams now.